The views and opinions expressed by the Loft Party Podcast panel participants and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Good Times of Good People Company, the host, or its sponsors. It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times of Good People Company proudly presents the Loft Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Now that you've received your invitation, the best way to let us know that you're in attendance is to download the party or become official by joining us on Facebook, subscribing on YouTube, iTunes Podcasts, or Google Play Podcasts. Good. Thanks for joining us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke, share us with your friends, and make yourself at home. I'm your host and moderator, Rio. And let's introduce today's panel. Uh, so, welcome to the Law Party Podcast. I'm your host, Rio. And on today's episode 62, so, is that all? Is that all, President Comey? Uh, before we get to uh, anything, let's get to the important things. Uh, our resident bartender, Ben, uh, couldn't stay, but before he left, he left me the recipe for what we're drinking today and something he likes to call Jay Rieger's Last Whisper. So you get one and a half ounces of Riga whiskey, a half ounce of Lexardo, a half ounce of green chartreuse, a half ounce of uh, fresh lime juice, mm-hmm. uh, one egg white, a uh, half ounce of uh, chili, simple syrup. Uh, you do a dry shake, then a wet shake, and then you serve with a cherry garnish. And that is what we're drinking. Mm, yummy. And before we uh, move any further, of course, uh, if we're drinking, we're also smoking. And today we are smoking the Camacho Connecticut. So, loaded with rich flavors from the Genesaro and uh, Alamon Legaro tobaccos, bound by legendary strength of the original uh, Corajo, excuse me, uh, Yep, yeah, yeah, Carajo, and, uh, and wrapped in a high-grade Connecticut leaf grown in Ecuador. This is, one, uh, this is one cigar with an intense flavor that backs down to no one. Um, and it is smooth. So, now you know what we're drinking and what we're smoking, and let's get into the show. So, we're, as we always do, we're going to start with uh, today's RIPs. And today's RIP was a particularly uh, sad one for me, um, as Adam West, TV's Batman, passes away at 88. Um, it was just one of them things that, uh, uh, being a huge Batman fan, um, it, it is hard to hear that Batman died. <laughs> so, um, in fact, I saw, how I found out was I saw... Um, I saw a cartoon of uh, it was uh, Robin sitting on a, like sitting on some steps, holding the newspaper, saying that Adam Adam West had died. And in the background, you saw the bat symbol, and I was just like, <sighs> "Now, yes. were you old enough to watch the original Batman?" I, I did see a few episodes. I didn't see it live, but didn't I, see it live, like, but I definitely I did. did watch. Yeah. Because, yeah. see, I was my old dad, enough. My mom and dad watched it. Yeah, I was old yeah. enough where I watched it. He was only on for three seasons. Yeah. That's the funny thing. It seemed like a hell of a lot longer time than yeah. that. Yeah. But, I mean, we 
we were into Batman. Uh, everybody watched Batman. Matter of fact, we, in we only had fact, three or four channels. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but Batman was something everybody would come home and watch. Yeah, matter of fact, what's funny is really only uh, a few short years ago did he finally get a star on a Walk of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember we actually uh, wound up watching. Uh, it's kind of a documentary around the process of, of him getting the star that year. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was really happy because apparently they had been trying to get him a star for several years and it just was, it never quite went through. And you have to get a certain number of not uh, votes and it's, it's not like just you get nominated and you automatically get it. You go through this whole... Crazy process. I'm yeah. kind of glad that, that it's not easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although I'm pretty sure Trump has a star on the Walk of Fame, which is completely a stupid to me. Like, I don't know what you would have done to deserve a star on the Walk of Fame. He, he, has, he has been in a movie or two, uh, and on a television show or two. Uh, uh, nothing he, that I would consider well, star-worthy. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I mean, he, is, he has, I mean, played, yes, he has played himself. In uh, every movie or TV show, he's. I think. Uh, I mean, The Apprentice had really good ratings the first few. I mean, it, I think actually up until he left it. But I was never. I mean, that's never reality. Watch reality TV. Is I think I watched. I watched a few shows, and I just, just it was kind of. I watched it's negative. It's, it's negative humanity for me, and I'm not yeah. into negative humanity. Yeah. You know. That's why I'm like I don't really. I mean, and that's my opinion. Other people may feel differently, but I feel like. When you have a star on the Walk of Fame, it should mean something yeah. to society. Now, you know, it was kind of like... Uh, now, well, let, let, let me also, let me put that statement in context, because what, whatever you think about them or feel about them, uh, Kim Kardashian has a star on the Walk of Fame, so... That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. But they actually, unfortunately, have influenced... Yeah, now this well, is... Now this is well, yeah, I, would say, I would say that Trump is one of the biggest... Influential people that we have ever witnessed. Oh, absolutely. Mm, well, well, now this is actually funny, whether negatively or positively. Right. Yeah. That's, that's happening. Think how many times we've talked about him in just here. I mean, more yeah, than yeah, but that, the reason that we're talking about him is because of political reasons. If he was just still a TV personality, we wouldn't be talking about right, him. But he wouldn't but be as influential, uh, right? But but that's why I'm saying like the reason that he has a star is a horrible reason for him to have a star. Sure. Now, somehow. One one other thing. I I got a question. Does 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 Kim Kardashian's star have a picture of her butt on it? Is that Uh, what the deal is? No. There's no no, no no butt pictures. I'm just checking. There's no. But the funny thing, I want to get back to Batman. All right. (laughs) I want to get back to Batman here because their acting was cheesy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pur- purposely, it was totally purposely, purposely cheesy. Cheesy, yes. The way they spoke and everything else. However, compared to a lot of movies you watch nowadays, where they mumble through it. Yeah. And if you're deaf as I am, I got to put close caption on everything, <laughs> bail, and see what the hell they're saying because they got so much background noise going on. They're mumbling, you know, talk. Right. The only thing about the old movies, the old actors, and the old shows, they spoke. Yeah, they took time to talk, even if they talked funny like me. <laughs> you could understand what the hell they were saying, right? This is very true. This is very but true. But that was that was great cheesy stuff, and Catwoman was smoking hot. 
um, yeah, uh, yeah, and now and now, she is the the voice of of every taxi in New York City. Really? Yeah. Like if you get picked up at the airport and you get in the back of the taxi and shut the door, welcome to New York. This is our second. <laughs> like like that. That is crazy to me. But yeah. However, she she the becomes most, the voice of Gotham. The most her. smoking Catwoman ever had to be Halle Berry. She played it right. It was a dumb. It was a dumb was a movie. I don't movie. care. She was, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. If it was a good movie, I said the most smoking. Okay. Okay. Harry, I give you. I give you. Clearly, Dave watched Howie it for the plot. Apparently, he clearly he, he watched it for the plot. He <laughs> hey, I wasn't watching it for content. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what we didn't do? I didn't tell you who's on today's panel. So, uh, as you may have guessed. We've got Big Dave Elliott. He's the owner of CP Construction. And we've got Brian Massey, uh, our market analyst for True Media and our resident Brain Mass. And of course, the anonymous female because she doesn't want you to know her name. Come on, anonymous female. You need to give it up one of these days. The, uh, po- the, 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 the pod wants to know. Nope. <laughs> they okay. can keep wondering. They can keep wondering. <laughs> so, uh, before uh, we get too deep, Let's play a quick party game. Hey, you can search for the Loft Party Podcast on iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and on our Good Times with Good People YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, and if you'd like the content we provide, donate to us on Patreon. www.patreon.com forward slash Loft Party Podcast. You can find all of our links below. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. So, would you go to prison for 20 years if the if you knew you were going to get a billion dollars when you got out? And if not, how much would it take? I mean, what what prison? Like, is it minimum security? <laughs> if you get a billion, if you're, you're going to Angola if you're going to get a you know, billion. Like, like, <laughs> like, I, well, right, right, right. I, I probably could deal with it. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, like if it's like Orange is the New Black prison, or if it's like well, that's a that's a medium security prison, right? Or but like, uh, but like no, let's say no, what, what's, like, if it's maximum I security, mean, like, what's, absolutely not, because I would never survive. Okay, with, so. Okay, so murderers and so okay, so Leavenworth is supermax. What's the other one? That's well, Leavenworth closer. isn't supermax. It's just maximum security. They yeah, don't but what's the super other? Max. What's the other one over there? Near. Uh, well, they, uh, Lansing is also a maximum. Is that also security, but it's a state. Uh, Leavenworth is federal. Okay, so let's. You don't want to go to state prison. That's what I say. So let's. So let's. Federal prisons are better on you than state prisons. So, state prisons are brutal. Okay, so so let's say. You had to do fat time. Um, no. Twenty I mean, years, but you got a billion when you come out. Yeah. And well, if not, that, but you can go to a federal minimum security prison. This is true. I mean, I, I hey, need, wait, wait, I need wait, the facts. You, you're like, trying to craft your billion dollars. <laughs> right. yeah, like, right. You can't just say go to prison. You got to earn the billion dollars. Different maximum versus medium or minimum. You're going to come out with a name like Killer. <laughs> no. uh, I would know what, what killing spiders, maybe. Yeah, like, uh, you know. yeah anonymous. Come out with a name like Killer. You didn't survive. The anonymous killer. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so, 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 okay. So, 
It might be easier is for me there to say a price. Uh, I don't think so. If not a billion. There's no amount of money that you'd be like, I can, to take I can 20 wait, years of my hey, life? I can no. sit down if I know I'm coming out with that much. No, there's not for me. Okay. It's an interesting answer. Especially considering... I don't know if like, I fully believe like it. Like maximum security, for, I mean, if you're talking about doing fed time, and okay, we'll just do worst case scenario, going yeah. to a maximum security prison... We all know what happens in maximum security prisons. You're going to get raped. I, there's absolutely no flipping way I could deal with any of that. I couldn't be in a 20, not even, <laughs> I think it's like 16 foot cell for 23 hours of the day. Yeah. You know, uh, they let you out for lunch and your one hour walk. It would, I would go insane. Okay. I would totally go insane. And right. a billion dollars would not be worth it to me. Big Dave? Nope. Nothing? Nope. No amount of money. No, nope. no nope. money isn't everything. No amount of money. Okay. You know, it's just I'm not. Good. I I enjoy life too much, and I believe in positive humanity too much to ever want to spend 20 years in prison and deal with all those yeah. negative people that are going to be in there. Most of the people are in there because they have negative personality. I mean, you know, you get caught I, I up in bullshit that. that you have nothing to do with. And so you, what, you come out so damaged. Like, what would the money mean to you? Because yeah, you come out so damaged psychologically. You can change it. In there, you can't. You're just subjected right. to it every day for 20 years. So think about this. And see, you're on the right track. Because you come out so damaged psychologically. And you're angry at people. You can't, come, you can't go to a, to a pen, a Howard pen. Yeah. Like Huntsville in Texas or Angola in, in or yeah. Folsom, yeah. San Quentin, or States or any yeah. of these type of hard places and not come out being pissed off and angry. So that means that you're probably not going to use that money to your good or for the good of others. If I ever was able to make a billion dollars, and I don't even come close to that, but even, <laughs> but even now, I take my money and I go do good things with it. When I have extra money that I can use to help people with, then I go help people with my money. And that's what Bill, you look at Bill Gates, everybody got on him because he made so much money, but Bill and Melinda went and did a lot of they good things. They did a lot of good, yeah. Did you know, and this, and this is what it should be. If you are fortunate enough in capitalism to be very successful, there's nothing wrong with making your money. But once you make your money, you got to turn around and give some of it back. Well, and you're, it's That's the premise like, of this good time of my life, and, and if it's like, like tomorrow I had to go to prison, right. no, there's too many things that are happening in my life that you don't want to I give would up. miss out. Well, I'd miss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. major things. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So, you know, no. A billion dollars would miss you, Rio. Absolutely. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to French kiss through uh, the class. He'd be like, uh, he'd be like oh, you're going to be gone for 20 years? <laughs> First of all, the anonymous female threw up the deuces. Uh, that is not how we react. Uh, I'm sorry, it would be a slow. Uh, I can't make it this weekend. I'm uh, uh, oh, sorry. And then the next thing you know, five years goes by. And, see, here you. But see, this is no. a okay, okay, okay. Now let's talk. Yeah, no, we're before, getting, we're getting a little before, there's some shit going on before, right here. Before right I now. let her defame my character, <laughs> any further, serious, any further, shit going on here. Let, <laughs> let's talk to the millennium at the table because uh, 
the anonymous female and I and Dave, uh, chronologically being the ages that we are, we may look at that 20 years and go, okay, that is absolutely not worth it. But to somebody who would come out and be a relatively young man still. He in his mid-40s. Yeah. Yeah, but that's horrible. He's, no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying. But he may look at it differently. He's adding up the interest already. <laughs> he wouldn't get interest. You'd get a billion dollars on your, on your debt. No, he's adding up well, the interest. Well, the question was, when it gets out. Yeah, would you do it for a billion? And if not, what's the number? So I, here's the thing. is No more, no additional amount of money would... I'd say yes to that. So, a billion or a billion plus, I would not do 20 years. Okay. But I would cut a deal and say, I will do six years for $250 million. <laughs> See, there's a millennium. And, and right now, I have to podcast land. I'm shaking his hand because that's an honest man. I don't think I would do uh, uh, 20 years for a billion either. But if I had to do like five for 200 <laughs> I might consider that because that's a hardcore come up in five years <laughs> that I don't know if I can do on the street. Now, uh, now if I was his age and I was in the shape I was at his oh, age, yeah, yeah, and I could handle myself. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a big man. A lot of people ain't going to mess with me. Exactly. exactly. Now, I'm an old man and, you know... <laughs> You don't want to fight an old man because he can't fight you. He's well, going to shoot you. you know, people, I mean, seriously, like, people are going to look at me and be like, she's, she's not tough. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do not look tough. Uh, no, not necessarily, no. <laughs> well, if you want to wear tops with little birdies and wallflowers all over, you know, I mean, you know. That's not to say I can't hold my own, but uh, maximum security hold my own? No. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, and, and I will testify because we have talks off off of off of Mike every once in a while. Believe me, the anonymous female can handle pearls. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, out there in podcast land, we would not be doing our duty if we didn't acknowledge the sponsors of the Love Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Jazz Club, and the Majestic's Pendergast Club. The Majestic carries on Kansas City's tradition of great food and jazz. Let them show you why they are the classic Kansas City Steakhouse experience. 931 Broadway, just three blocks from the Kansas City Convention Center. Jay Rieger and Company, a Kansas City distillery. Whether whiskey, gin, or vodka, neat or on the rocks, Jay Rieger, Kansas City, sipping good since 1887. C&P Construction, Kansas City's premier wood framers. 50 years of quality framing and craftsmanship. Just email david.cnpservice at gmail.com and start building something new today. And our friend and frequent guest, Lane Boland. Thank you all for all that you do. Time to rejoin the conversation. Okay, and we're back on the Law Party Podcast and... Here we go. Party politics. So, today we're talking about, of course, the Comey hearing. So, first, what did we learn? I guess that, that, I guess that is probably the most appropriate question. Uh, what, I, I don't think we learned a lot. I, I think one thing I we did learn. I think both sides are still 
entrenched in their own idea of what I mean it's amazing how you can hear a sentence but one person hears it differently than another but they're saying you you hear it but you heard the same words yeah you know you you know you it's what you choose to get out of it well this is also the mainstream media no. Yes, it is, I, I, because no. one, one part's going to take it this way, and the other part wants no, to take it this I'm way. No, I'm not talking go. about media. I'm talking about having a conversation with somebody that listened to the exact same thing at the exact same moment you did. You hear one thing, they hear another. I'm not even talking about media. It's the same thing. How is that the same thing? It's the exact same thing. Because that person, due to their leanings of which way they want to hear things, is going to hear exactly what they want to hear. Which was my point, but you took it to media, and I'm because not talking about Because the media is doing the same exact thing that we would if we were, how our political leanings are. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. really what I see it as. You know, the funny thing is, you know, we were saying, you know, a couple of weeks ago that uh, in the RFPs, uh, one of the RFPs was Roger L. passing. I think that you know, if he has any legacy, um, well, he has a legacy. There's well, no doubt about that. Yeah, but, you like it or not, he yeah, has a legacy. But I, I, well, I guess what I was was saying is that is his legacy. Is that he's he's changed the conversation from you know the you know the the Walter Cronkites or you know that were you know. As as much as they could be, who, what, where, when, why, to um, to a pundit's view on who, what, when, where, why. So you so you have you know two types of media, you know, versus just this is what happened, this is what was said, and they kind of leave you um, to you know, formulate the answers to the questions um, in your own conscience. You're like now, you know, whether whether it's you know they're trying to influence your conscience. Exactly. Yeah. Whether it's right wing or left wing, you know, everybody has uh, a pundit opinion upon it, and uh, and you know, and I've I've always felt that. I mean, there are some people that you know, like I, you know, I look at their shows or whatever because you know they're interesting or they're funny or whatever but you know I've never you know taken anybody's opinion verbatim as my own but there's so many people that you know aren't necessarily like the people who sit at this panel and you know they take whatever it is that's being said by whoever's saying it in the way they want to hear it and they just run with it Right. I, I would say they emphasize the facts based on the interests of their viewers, mm-hmm. of their viewer base. Yes. So I'm looking through, um, I, I put in my search, Comey hearings, and here's the different headlines. Ex-FBI official, Comey disgraced himself at Senate hearing. Poll, Trump's approval rating sinks after Comey hearing. Lawmakers ramp up Russian investigation in wake of Comey testimony. Even Fox News was struggling to spin the Comey hearing. I'm like, Ivanka Trump on Comey hearing. My father feels very vindicated. Now, 
Those were several different media sources, and none of them had the same. Doesn't that vindicate what I was saying to you? Or close? It does, but I'm, I, I mean, yes, I get what you're saying, but I wasn't talking about media. I was just talking about in general conversation. But it, it you're goes always hand going in to hand anymore. That's the whole thing. Is I that don't know. So I, I think that we're, media. I think that we're all pretty. Uh, at least I know Mario and I are. We we Here tend we to. Um, I don't go to just the news sources that I agree with. Nor do I. I. Right. Well, I mean, okay. I I can only speak for us because, you know, I know what we do outside of this podcast. But, you know, it just, not everybody does that. It's a comfort um, in banding with people that think like you sure. and act like you. It's uncomfortable and, when people when people have a different opinion from you. But it's you're difficult. never going to be able to move forward in anything if you don't have um, opposite views of, uh, you know, points of view. And, and to be able to talk about it. You know, I think that's the, the, the I think that's the biggest difference that I see in the Trump presidency versus uh, really all of the former presidencies, they all kept at least one person on their cabinet that that did not think like that. Um, just purely because you need to hear that other point of view to know whether or not you're making a sound decision. But, you know, but I think the that's, that's, getting back to the, getting back to the so what did, what did we learn? I think the most disturbing thing that I that I heard was the whole uh, the president asking like for his loyalty. Yeah, that that disturbs me in in government only because at that level of government. Your loyalty should be to the Constitution and to the American people, not to whoever's sitting in office at the time. And uh, so it kind of that bothered me because you know, in in that you know, any any president saying, "Hey, look, you know, I need anybody sitting around the table for me to be loyal to me." But that's the businessman in it. And, that, but, and that's the difficult thing that he's going to have trouble transitioning from because he's not a bureaucrat. You know, I, I, I have to understand that my foremen are loyal to the company because, well, they, are, yeah, because yeah. they are the company's asset. Well, in, in, and in business, I fully And, I and fully this get. is where Trump is having trouble making that separation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 I agree. And, and, and I, I don't necessarily fault him for it. And I hope he learns from it. I think that that's the biggest issue that I have with him. He's he's not learning anything. He's not. He's, he's done a very making, short period of time so far. Okay, but he's been dragged through the coal on certain things that he continues to do over and over and over. Now, now let's, let's, look, let's look back. Let's look back a little bit because you do have to do some apples to apples comparison. Remember, Clinton's first six months were a disaster. He really struggled with a lot of things. Because Did you say Clinton? I mean, yeah, that was like I was so early in voting that I. But, but, you know, I, and I voted for Clinton in the second term. I voted for mm -hmm. Bush in the first one. Um, 
it just, he struggled with a lot of things. It takes him a while to get their footing and understand. Now, to <laughs> Bill's credit, he had Hillary over there trying to push through health care right off the bat. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, geez, woman, you know, you should have probably backed off a little bit and waited until you got a year or two down the road. Let, let Bill get his footing. Yeah. Before you turn around and start throwing stuff like that out, because that's going to destroy your But do your you think rate. she did that without his knowledge? No. No, no, she didn't. But but was that a mistake by him? I would yeah. say yes. You know, that's that, that's my point. And, yeah. And Trump is also being influenced by Ivanka and Jared, and and he's got all these people around him that are talking to him. His attorney has to be. Well, I know he's got a lot of gray hair like me. And I think, he's, <laughs> I think he might have not had gray hair six months ago. But, <laughs> but his, you know, with this tweet and all this stuff, I, you know, he, he's got a lot of work to do. But I would still say this. He still has a body of work out there that he's trying to get some things done. And he's really, really pushing through some issues. Now he's probably moving too fast and he's probably moving too hard and trying to bully his way through things. But he is trying to do some things that he said he would do, which all presidents try to do. They have their agenda they were elected on, and that's their job to try to, you know, push that agenda through. And, of course, he's going to get a lot of resistance because of the polarization that is today's world of politics. Yeah. I mean, well, and to go back to the point of that's exactly what happened um, whether you like him or not, that's exactly what happened with Obama. It started oh, he did, at the end of he, Bush's He did exactly term. what he said he was going to do. He wanted to transform America, and he did. Mm, yes and no, said. but if you watch, like I said, if you watch interviews with him, there are a lot of things that he really wanted to get done that he had to give up on because mm -hmm. it was such a polarized Congress. And, and this and will happen. It started, at, it started at the end of Bush's presidency, it started during the campaign, you know, in 2007. But it just, it's getting worse. It's not getting well, better. Well, of course it's getting worse. And this is the problem is that we've become so polarized that it's an attack, it's an attack atmosphere. And it's, this is, mainstream media on both sides of the fence are an attack atmosphere. So this... <laughs> They, they're not, going to attack. You can't blame it all on the media because the the Congress well, senators stuff. and they're all doing it. They're mm. all doing it. But that's my point. And and that's media exactly is feeding into what these congressmen are doing. Congress persons are doing. People. There you go. You you were almost PC incorrect. <laughs> you you are not never thought I'd see that out of you, but you just screwed up. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't screw up. I corrected myself. Okay. Oh, that sounds like a politician right there. I misspoke. Let me walk that back. Hey. So I, I what, don't want to make it seem like the men are the only issue. What are you? Uh, what, what are you? What are you thinking, uh, millennial at the table? <clears throat> I think Dave makes a lot of really great points. I mean, it it is an attack atmosphere and. And to tell you the truth, I think it's an attack atmosphere on both both directions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's my point. On both sides. And, you know, as much as, I'll be honest, that I wouldn't want to admit it, but you're right, you can go find problems with any presidency that was going through. And it's like, you know, and it, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't rain, it pours. Because, you know, if you have 
if you're that polarized, you're going to be under a microscope. I mean, I know once you get once you get to that level, you're always under a microscope, but it's uh, well, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's it's everything. As far as what what do I feel like I learned from uh, from yeah from comic testimony? I will say uh, he's really really good at what he does. Um, oh, James oh, Comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's become politicized himself, don't you? He was. I don't think. Um, go ahead with what you're saying. We'll answer that. I wanted to answer. It I like I like listening to him just because it, you could tell he put a lot of thought into what he was saying, but he was well prepared. He didn't stumble. Right. Um, and he seemed very sincere. He actually got somewhat emotional at times. Well, yeah. and the thing is, you it's easy to be that way when you believe you're telling the truth. So, and I say you believe you're telling the truth because we don't know. Yeah. You, well, we won't know if what he said is true or not. Yeah. Not anytime soon. Yeah. But it... To be honest, it was sort of a, and I'm not even talking about what he said, but just the way he conducted himself was a breath of fresh air out of Washington because we haven't seen something like that in a while. And to answer your question of uh, he's become... Somewhat political. Okay, so you know Mark Church. Um, He spent time in Washington, and I mean, even he will tell you, you... No, you can't step foot there without becoming. True. You know, you you will you become to, a different person. You have to align yourself at the right places, or you will you won't be there. Right. Or or have a very strong moral compass. Yep. And the, the one thing that he <laughs> that I had a lot of respect for Comey on is that he admitted that. Hey, I leaked some information to the Times, to a professor who leaked it to the Times on purpose, so they were hopefully set up an independent commission, because he felt like he needed to be vindicated by the independent commission. Now, the spin on the right's going to be, well, you know, Mueller was, was obviously, Comey held him up in very high esteem, and they were friends. Um, yeah, and, and from what I can tell, uh, from the left and the right, he's uh, Mueller is uh, very well respected. So. Yeah, and now. Um, but they're going to now the right's going to spin it back the other way. Well, now they're saying, and I don't, I can't remember where I saw this, but now they're saying um, that uh, Trump is talking about firing him, and I'm like, that's the worst thing you can do. That's absolutely the worst thing you can do right now. You know. It, and, and, and is that true? I don't know. Trump hadn't said that, so I, I saw that it on the being, news, but I don't remember yeah, what that news could be, I saw. That could be spun by anybody. That's you know, why I'm saying I don't know what news channel I saw. I, 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 I would think his advisor would, would strongly recommend against that. I would. I would hope that anybody that's in his inner circle would. Uh, would advise him that that uh, well, there's, there that was just the optics of it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. It'd been just like you know Nixon. Remember Nixon um, when Watergate and came out, asked the uh, several of his uh, DOJ people to do some things, and they all resigned. You know, it was basically they called it a massacre. Because well, you know, and he fired his special the right. special counsel. So you know the and this that was the end of Nixon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. Like, All that does is whether you are guilty or innocent, it, 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 it immediately look, makes you look guilty. Yeah, and, and and you're never going to be able to convince people otherwise. And and, and and Trump's tweets have not been beneficial to him at all in that aspect because he, if he would just leave that alone, he'd actually be in pretty good shape right now. Probably, but. Um, but he keeps banging don't, on people. I mean, he can't stop got, himself. No. And I haven't. It is beyond, he has, he beyond me or most of the people I know that have a conservative thought to understand why the F they haven't took that away from him. Uh, they told him that he shouldn't have it. And he, the, 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 because there was nothing in the actual rules that he couldn't, he kept it. Yes, but that's because he feels the reason he did it and the reason you hear he did it is because. They, they say that, uh, you know, he connects with his base that way. And, and I would say that's probably true. Because he doesn't have to go through any media spin. He can say it like he really thinks. Like he but, really but he, and, and, but, the base, and the base loves hurt. that, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. He's hurt people in his own party. He's hurt himself. Well, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He's hurt his, you know, it, it's... You can't have somebody coming out speaking on behalf of the office of the president, and then you turn around within minutes and tweet something completely opposite now, of what they've said. This is something interesting else about Comey's interview and in his testimony is Loretta Lynch. Mm. This mm -hmm. is throwing another. This is throwing something else in there that's an interesting variable. Yeah, you know because he testified that, you know, she said, make it a matter. It was an investigation. He said, this, this confused me greatly. I found this very disconcerting that she would ask me. She made, she made two very critical errors. Number one, and she admitted she made a mistake meeting with Bill Clinton, obviously, on the tarmac and the jet, and then she made a mistake doing that. And then Comey, you know, made a mistake when he came out and said she shouldn't be prosecuted in any kind of way. That's not his judgment. That's the DOJ. So, you know, Comey's made some mistakes, too. Well, I think it's different if you have an opinion, a personal opinion, or if you um, appear to be or are representing the office that you're in. You know, and if he said it as the head of the FBI, then, yeah, that's wrong. If somebody said, in your opinion, he should have said, in my opinion, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but he didn't, but, and that's yeah. where he made a mistake. So, you know, Comey, Comey has had, made his own mistakes, too, and he's, mm -hmm. and he's dug his own grave in some ways. So, uh, if I was Trump in that situation, as political as the thank God overall, you know, I would have fired him, too, but I also would have fired him much earlier in my presidency. I probably would have done it pretty quickly, actually, um, because that's not uncommon to replace an FBI director right after you come into office. A lot of presidents have done that. Yeah. Well, and we don't know that he didn't want to, but they weren't firing anybody that they didn't have a replacement for. So, and even now, they don't have half right. of the... Right. So that, that may be a good point, you know, but I think I think the whole situation would have been different mm -hmm. if it had been done at that time compared to doing it now, which makes it ten times more political charged than what it would have done if he would have done this in early February. I do want to mention something about the thing that concerns me the most with the tweets. Yeah. That his entire council is telling him, you 
you should stop doing this. Yes. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Um, and something as simple as saying, you know what, I'm not going to tweet anymore, he won't take someone's advice on something that simple. Yeah, that, well, that is realize, concerning to um, say it I think in the dining, their pers- private dining room, he's had a 50-inch TV put in in their residential dining room because he can't stand to be away from... You talk about somebody that's addicted. He's a classic example of it. Yeah, yeah. He, he constantly has to see what people are saying, doing, you know, like he needs to be the topic of conversation. And instead of stopping for a while and letting things calm down and people, I mean, people have, a, it's unfortunate, but society in general has a very short attention span. What were you saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you just stop for a limited amount of time. Yeah. Stop. All right. So... Before we go to the next question, um, did we learn anything that we just didn't know in his testimony? Um, I think the only thing that I think that I learned. That's what you asked already. That's what yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it seems to me that everything that got reported after the fact. Um, we kind of already knew or had already heard. Um, so I, I don't know if we learned anything that we just didn't know. Like I said, the only thing that I learned, I think, was the whole, you know, asking for loyalty uh, question. And, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really... One... Uh, you know, clearing the room to talk to the FBI director one on one isn't by, isn't in and of itself a problem, or, but, or that unusual, or that unusual. But clearing the room to then say, "Hey, can you uh, can you can you just see clear to let this thing go, man? You know, he, he's a good you know, Flynn's a good guy." And and really, uh, you know, anybody that works for me, I I I need to know that 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 you're loyal. I need I I need I need your loyalty. You know, like that's you know, I think if if I am Comey, I probably make the same decision to go directly to the car and start writing down everything well, before I forget it because... But he also but made he, a mistake in that aspect because he felt like he was really being pinched. But he went to his boss. He should have. He should have. He, he did. He, he, but, but he, he went to Sessions he, and said, he, I don't want to be left alone with him again. No, he, but he didn't and, also report that, that he said to him that yeah. that had to be reported within a certain amount of time. That's the law. And he didn't do it. Yeah, so and he admitted he that. He, he, he made um, a mistake there too. If he felt like he was really being pinched. But what? But what does it say about your boss when you go to them and say, "I don't want to be left alone with him again"? And he's like, "Well, I don't know if I can help you with that." Well, I, I mean, I, what the hell? I actually think <laughs> my, my thought is on this is that at that point I thought Comey came out not near as strong as I would want my FBI 
director to be. I want my FBI director to be kind of a ballsy bastard. You know, I want well, him to be I think a, a, he, he kind of played himself the victim a little bit here. But you've got to think about... I found about, that a little bit disturbing. Okay, but you're thinking about, you're talking about um, talking to someone that's... I don't think they were... They've said over and over again that it's his his campaign, not him directly. I mean, I don't know where people keep hearing that they're investigating Trump. Uh, every well, time they talk about it, two, three times. they asked him about it, but, and he said then that he wasn't investigating right. him. He said that all along. He, what they keep, they keep saying, and people don't, for whatever reason, aren't hearing it the way he's saying it was his, his campaign, not him. So it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it, look, it, it seems as if he, he, uh, you know, which kind of. Uh, you know, you guys talk about the Clintons being um, how they just seem to keep skirting around. He's just as good at that. Well, I'm saying that if you're going to survive in a political world, you better be good at it nowadays. Well, I, it's not even a political world. Well, you know how to survive in a business world. He's learned how to do that. He's learned how to do that by skirting things, by by being in a business environment. So, <laughs> what was going on with John McCain? <laughs> I was like... If I learned anything uh, from the Comey hearings, it is that uh, the uh, the 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 Maverick is uh, is getting up there in age age and uh, might be a little senile, (laughs) Uh, having uh, called Comey the president uh, a few times (laughs) during his questioning. Um, and we were talking before the show started about, you know, some of the, you know, other people who have just been there forever. And, uh, so I guess with, with that question, with the, what's going on with John McCain, the other, the other question that kind of comes up for me immediately is, um, and, and I do know that there are other uh, people on the panel that aren't here today that will vehemently disagree. But um, but what are we thinking about term limits at this at this juncture? Um, I'm I am a big fan of some term limits, and 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 I haven't gotten it nailed down to. Uh, like two terms, like the president, or, 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 but there's got to be a certain number of term limits because, at a certain point, um, you're too old to. Is it to, every two years that they that Congress comes up some uh, portion of it? I, I can't uh, remember. It's, um, two for Congress and. Um, Six for six, the representatives. Yeah, six. Yeah, so six-year terms for the representatives, and every two years, somebody's <coughs> up for re-election. And uh, but Congress is never at the same time as the presidential elections. No, no, it's um, 
it's uh, yes, they are. Yes, they are because they come up every two years. Yeah, so it's so (coughs) so yeah. Every two years, there's Congress. It's Senate that uh, yeah that that, that will rotate out because that's a six-year term. Yeah, so so Senate is six and the House is two. Well, the House is six. Every once in a while, when you get the division of four and six, so every twelve years, you're going to have. Right now, you're you're centered at the same time as the president. Right, exactly. So, um, so it's six-year terms for Congress and Senate, but the Congress, um, the way they're staggered in, is every two years somebody's seat is up. But not all of them at the same time. But not all of them at the same time. So, you know, so like I said, I haven't come up with what the right term is. So, technically, the president can can run two full terms, but there isn't actually a year number, because if they become president in the middle of a, you know, like JFK is a perfect example, you know... um, there's, what, two and a half well, years in this? Why couldn't you do this? This is something I've always thought about term limits. Say you have a really good representative, and he does his six years, and he has to sit out. Somebody gets elected. In another two years, if he's really good, and he can get elected again. He can, he can run, run again. He can run consecutive terms. But you can't do consecutive terms. Yeah. So, so that I way mean, you, you have an opportunity to just kick back, think about it a little bit. So, you know what? I don't even know if I would say two years. I would say, um, let's say... Or four years. Let's say everybody's got two terms that and that you can consecutively be in. But then you have to sit out a term. So you got to sit out a full six. I would wonder... Keep, how many sure keep them a lot more honest. Oh, yeah. I would wonder how many people would go back. Would go back. Uh, if they actually sat out a full six versus sitting out two, uh, you know, I, 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 th- I, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, who knows if it would work? But I think every um, office that has anything to do with laws should have term limits. No, I don't I, think judges should be a life. Yeah, the Supreme Court's ridiculous. I don't think any judge should have a life appointment because, I mean, I'm sorry, but the older you get, the more jaded you are, the less lenient you become. You know, I mean, it's just... I'll give give you an example on local level, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm a board member on the Johnson County Contractor Licensing. I'm appointed to this board, all right? The county commissioners have to approve me to be on this board. Mm -hmm. I'm on the board for four years. I mean that's this is this is wrong and, and this is what's happened to McCain. Well, they they become out of touch they with everything. Totally that out happens. of touch. I, I and I can't agree with you more. And I think this becomes a huge, huge problem because they 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 don't understand what's going on out here anymore, and they are dealing. They have become permanent bureaucrats. Yes, they can always be. Uh, better and smarter ways of spending the money, but when you start slashing budgets, you're going to hurt programs. It's just what it is. But now, if you got a government program, and this is one of the things that they're doing with the Trump right now, is that they're, they're going to slice some stuff. And government has gotten too big in a lot of areas. There's a lot of duplication. There's a lot of things out there. And this is going to be part of the tax reform and the welfare reform that's going to come with it and everything else. Let's not forget that Bill Clinton did a pretty good job of welfare reform. 
I mean, that was, if I look back at some of the stuff he did, he did an excellent job there. He brought the willful wars down, and that should always be our goal is to get people back to work, teach them how they can stand on their own and be successful. And that's hopefully, hopefully, I don't, but once again, I'll throw out the cabinet, I don't trust the government to do a lot right anymore. They tend to work for their own interests, not for ours. I don't think anybody on the panel would disagree with that for the most part. I think with that, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com. A cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us. Purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. And we're back. Uh, and of course, uh, our last segment is uh, uh, one of my favorite segments, just because it's uh, lighthearted and fun. And of course, uh, that is today's sugar, honey, iced tea. And, uh, uh, and of course, uh, those are things that uh, either I or uh, a member of the panel find that are just really cool, aka the shit. Um, and uh, this week's uh, Sugar and Ice Tea, I am giving to uh, my friend uh, David Wayne Reed and his, uh, his uh, I, I keep wanting to call it a show, but it's really not a show. Um, he does a, a storytelling series called Shelf Life. Um, basically, okay, so... He does it every couple of months, and uh, every every show has a theme. Um, and there was a shelf life just this past weekend, and the theme was cotton. Um, so he picks uh, people submit stories, and he picks four or five uh, four to five people to participate and read their stories and um, he does a story himself um, and basically your item just has to fit the overall theme. So like I said, this last week's theme was cotton and um, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to participate in, uh, in Shelf Life and um, my object was my grandfather's shoeshine kit and and, of, and the and the cotton rag therein. Um, so it was really, it, you know, I, I think that the thing that is extraordinary about the the series is um, you find yourself uh, running the full gambit of gambit of emotion while while you're there. You're like you're gonna laugh. Um, you're you're gonna be challenged by some of the stories. Um, you know, some of them are really emotional and it's gonna pull some tears. Uh, but it's it's really uh, it's really a good time. And um, and having gone to a couple, you know, and really enjoying them, it definitely took the experience to another level. Actually, actually uh, participating. Um, 
you tell us a little bit about the box? Well, um, where did it come from? Yeah, well, the, the story um, is, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was actually talking to David today, and we were saying that the whole thing is about the objects, but it's, but it's not about the objects. No, absolutely you know? not. Um, it's so, about what the man did with the objects. Yeah, it's so, you know, I inherited uh, my uh, grandfather's shoeshine kid after he passed. And, you know, one of the things that I was saying was, you know, I don't think that anybody else in the family probably remembers this thing at all. Um, but, you know, I used to see my grandfather lay out his, his suit and his hat and shine his shoes, uh, you know, every week for church, and then uh, brush the uh, brush the uh, like lint off of his overcoat, and you know, and and just that whole ritual and that whole process um, really, you know, shaped me into you know somebody that you know cares about my things style. It, yeah, absolutely. That's it, style. Like, my grandfather had style. Yeah, like it, 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 it wore a fedora. Yeah, uh, he did. He did. And every man in that day, yeah. including my grandfather, oh, yeah. wore fedoras. Yeah, but I say, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I was very upset because several of um, uh, of his fedoras were, you know, uh, taken by my uncles that. Uh, we're never going to wear them. Um, and I, I wouldn't have been able to wear one either. You know, my head's just bigger than his. But um, I would have loved to... Mario, you got a big head? Um, it was bigger than my grandfather's. <laughs> I, know, I know. He wore a... Uh, he wore a... Uh, six or seven eighths uh, hat. And I think I wear a seven and a half. I'm a seven and a half. Yeah, so the... Um, you know... But the the whole kind of theme of my story was um, finding your rhythm, and you know, I, I briefly I tell a story of having this kit for a while and really never using it, and then uh, one day. I begin to use it, and on a semi-regular basis, and then one day I find myself kind of frustrated shining my shoes, and I don't know why I'm frustrated. You know, I'm not really getting the kind of shine on the shoes I want, and uh, but I, but I'm, but that's not really the thing that frustrated me, and then it hit me that the rhythm that I used to hear from, you know, my grandfather you know, just putting the cotton to the leather, you know, I, yeah, and like, and I just wasn't hearing that rhythm, and, uh, and, uh, on top of that, I couldn't create that rhythm, and, uh, and it, and it, well, and it well, really, you got rhythm, buddy. well, you know, well, and so, <laughs> ultimately, the story turns to me finding my rhythm. It wasn't my grandfather's rhythm. And but the example of my grandfather, you know, helped ground me and helped me find my rhythm uh, in so many things in life, uh, mm -hmm. well beyond 
you know, shining my shoes, you know, it, you know, it helped me find, you know, my, my rhythm with, you know, the things that, you know, the things that I love and the people that I love and, you know, my personal style and, you know, um, you know, I even say in one part of the story that, um, you know, you know, I've been songwriting forever, you know, and, uh, and I realized a few years, a few years back that, uh, Almost all of the songs that I've written, and uh, and uh, anybody out there in podcast land who's heard any of my music um, may may be able to attest. Um, the songs are pretty goddamn good, but they were almost always to somebody else's record, and uh, so kind of reconnecting with my past you know, helped me find my own rhythm. And now, you know, I'm, you know, producing music um, mainly to my own rhythms that I'm creating myself. And, uh, and you know, it's, you know, given me, you know, confidence to do so many, so many different things, you know, like start this podcast and, right. and, and things like that. So it, it was uh, quite an experience, and I dare say, it was the shit. I'm going to I'm going I'm going to lay something on you here. What you found out was that what is important for all of us to find out is that if you can look in the mirror and you say, "I like what I'm seeing," then you found your rhythm. Absolutely. And I think that's the shit. That is the shit. Now my shit is this: I've been working on getting my house ready to sell, which meant moving all my furniture out. Pulling out the carpet, hardwood floors underneath, getting the hardwood floors, you know, actually painting fixed. I had sheetrock cracks and my foundation fell. Mm-hmm. Getting the sheetrock fixed, going through all the sanding and all the dust and all the crap that created, mm-hmm. and then turning around and getting it painted, and then turning around and getting the floors redone and finding out this is other than a 50 year old house that's got some really cool old floors in it. Mm-hmm. And they came out just gorgeous. And then dealing with the smell of the floors from the stain of the polyurethane. And right, I'm right. living in a hotel for the better part of a week <laughs> with the wife. Right, right. And I call this organized chaos. I'm a construction. Construction every day is organized chaos. Because the sun's always popping up. Somebody wants something. I got to do this. I got to, you know, conform to that. I got to make somebody happy. I got to piss somebody off. Everything happens in that aspect of that. Our, our, our ladies sometimes can handle these things and sometimes they don't handle them so well. So, but seeing the final product as I finally move the furniture, and my guys come over and help me move the furniture back onto it, and I'm sure the wife will have me move many things around yet. And seeing how it looks so I can have it on the market. I did all the landscaping too, I did that myself. I found out I'm getting too old for that shit. <laughs> um, and having it all ready to sell and getting it ready to sell that's the shit you know because that's a lot of hard work that's a lot of displacement it's a lot of you know time spent to try to get it right and you're spending a ton of money and you're going to shell out some cash on that and you hope you get some return off of it to have it look good so that when somebody walks in that house they say I want to buy this house 
So for me, that's that's my shit right now because I'm I'm, I'm at the end of it. I think I got pretty well accomplished. We'll see how it goes. If it takes three months to sell, I'm gonna croak. <laughs> I think with that, uh, we are at the point where I can end this podcast in the way that I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me, and that is to good times with good people.